while recent data regarding inflation have been better, in part because of declining energy prices, many economists believe that it will be a long time before the target inflation rate of 2% is restored. At the heart of the concern is the imbalance between labor supply and demand. As indicated by writer Gwyn Guilford and by available data, the supply of workers has been shrinking in America. The labor force, which includes people who are working or who are actively looking for work, is about 600,000 people smaller than in early 2020 before COVID undid the economy. After approaching its pre-pandemic size earlier this year, the number of workers available to employers has declined since March by 400,000, according to data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Percentages tell the same tale. The labor force participation rate, which measures the share of the population 16 years and older who are working or seeking work, was 62.1% in July, down from 62.4% in March, and much lower than the pre-pandemic level of 63.4%. With employers still struggling to recruit and retain workers, compensation is driven higher. While there is an obvious benefit to that, it also means that inflation is set to remain stubbornly high as employers pass along their higher costs to customers. For WIPR and my esteemed producer Bob White, I'm Aniban Basu. Investors and others cheered when inflation numbers were released for July. Data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics indicated that both consumer and producer prices have been rising less rapidly recently, with prices for gasoline, air travel, used cars, clothing, and hotels easing last month. Gasoline prices fell nearly 8% in July after rising for months due to a number of factors, including oil prices driven higher by war in Eastern Europe and a shortage of refinery capacity. Airfares also declined by roughly 8%. However, as indicated by the Wall Street Journal, there are plenty of items that continue to get more expensive. For instance, U.S. consumers paid more to eat in July, facing higher prices for peanut butter, meat, eggs, and other foods. The price of coffee rose 3.5%. Shoppers also experienced price increases for a range of other goods and services, including medical care, new vehicles, and furniture. Add it all up, and the overall inflation measure, the Consumer Price Index, was flat in July compared to June. Over the past year, consumer prices have expanded 8.5%, and while that is a lofty figure, it falls short of June's 9.1% annual pace, which was the fastest since November of 1981. For WYPR and my esteemed producer Bob White, I'm Aniban Basu. However challenging the U.S. economy has been in recent months, given elevated inflation and financial market volatility, the situation has been meaningfully more difficult in Britain. Recently, the Bank of England predicted that annual inflation would rise to just over 13% by this October. At least half of this expected increase will be driven by steep energy price increases, primarily attributable to the raging war in Ukraine. As reported by The Economist magazine, estimates from Cornwall Insight, a consultancy, indicate that average energy bills, which are already high, could rise by another 125% by next spring. Survey data collected last month indicate that the British are already responding to growing economic stress by spending less on non-essentials, using less fuel, cutting back on travel, and spending less on food. Meanwhile, to counter inflation, the Bank of England has been ramping interest rates higher. On August 4th, it raised interest rates by half a percentage point, the largest increase in 27 years. That is pushing 
pushing up the price of mortgages and the cost of borrowing generally, placing additional pressure on the economy. The bank also forecasts a protracted recession with after-tax worker income expected to fall in real terms by 4% next year. For WIPR and my esteemed producer Bob White, I'm Aniban Basu. As indicated by writer Josh Zumbrun, any day now, global population will cross 8 billion people. The United Nations recently pegged the date as November 15th, a bit less than three months from now, but neither they nor anyone else can know with exact precision. It was during the 1960s that worldwide population came to exceed 3 billion. It has taken a bit more than a decade to attain each new billion-person milestone, so it might seem natural to presume that in another decade or so, we'll be at 9 billion people, and then a decade or so thereafter, we'll be at 10 billion. Indeed, that is precisely what the latest population projections from the United Nations and the U.S. Census Bureau suggest. But not so fast. It is possible that the world might never make it to 10 billion or even 9 billion. After all, the world is increasingly associated with nations with shrinking populations, aging populations, and dwindling workforces. The possibility that we might not make it to 9 billion is not attributable to pandemic, meteor strikes, alien invasions, or zombie apocalypse. This is a matter of straightforward demographic projections that find that birth rates have been declining so rapidly around the world that we could potentially reach the peak of human population in less than a generation. For WYPR and my esteemed producer Bob White, I'm Aniban Basu. As parents, we often tell our offspring to stay away from alcohol and to certainly avoid excess consumption. But there is at least one nation encouraging young people to drink more. That nation, Japan. As reported by the British Broadcasting Corporation, Japan's younger generations drink less alcohol than their parents. Recent figures indicate that people were drinking less in 2020 than in 1995, with consumption figures plummeting from an annual average of 22 gallons per adult to 16. Undoubtedly, there is benefit to that, but Japan depends heavily upon tax revenues from beverages like rice wine, otherwise known as sake. So Japan's national tax agency has stepped in with a national competition to come up with ideas to reverse the trend. The Saki Viva campaign hopes to come up with a plan to render drinking more appealing. The contest asks 20 to 39-year-olds to share their business ideas to jumpstart demand among peers, whether for Japanese sake, whiskey, beer, or wine. Contestants have until the end of September to submit ideas. They will presumably be used to reinvigorate tax collections connected to alcohol consumption. According to the Japan Times, alcohol-associated revenues generated 5% of total tax revenue in 1980, but in 2020 amounted to less than 2%. For WYPR and my esteemed producer Bob White, I'm Aniban Basu.